Hey moms, welcome to the Mom Mindset Show, where we talk all things mom life from A to Z. I'm your host, Rachel Benson. I'm a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. I've been through every age and stage of motherhood, and I've never met one I didn't like. I've also never met one that didn't come with its share of challenges and personal growth. As moms, we set the mood and tone of the home. We're the emotional support and the cheerleaders for everyone in the house, not to mention the cook, the chauffeur, and the housekeeper. There's a lot to know and do, and that's what I'm here to help with. I want to help you create the home and family life of your dreams, and I do that not only by helping you with the skill set, but more importantly, the mindset that can really help you succeed as a mom. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about what's on your mind today. Hey moms, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you are having a great day and maybe seeing some spring weather in your world. We got it for like a few days and then it went back to being cold, but for the first time in weeks, it is actually not snowing. So that's nice. And honestly, this is the weather that you might expect in April in Utah, up, down, hot, cold. Is it air conditioning in the afternoon, heat in the morning? It's just all kind of crazy. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of parenting and what I'm going to talk about today. Like, we should expect things to be constantly changing and up and down. But before I get into that, I wanted to just mention a few resources that I have available if you want to learn more from me and what I teach about mindset being so important for moms. The first thing is I have on my website, mom-mindset.com, a page called Ask Rachel, where you can ask me questions totally anonymously about all things home and family related, your family relationships, you know, whether that's your marriage, your kids, your mother-in-law, questions about money, managing a home, um, and taking care of a family, any of those kind of things, anything you want to ask really, it's completely anonymous. And then I will just answer on the website. So I don't know who's asking and no one else will either. And I'd like to get a bank of questions on there so that they can be helpful to others who probably are going through some similar struggles. And the other thing I have is a book I wrote called Mom Mindset A to Z. It's really just a short thought book with um, 26 different topics that relate to motherhood and mindset. So they're just topics from A to Z, about a page each, and you can just skim and find the topics that interest you. And it's a beautiful little book, if I do say so myself, and you can just download it right there on the website. You can get to either of those resources by going to mommindset.com backslash book or backslash podcast. And the book especially, I think, will really help you see just little ways that tweaking our thoughts can really help us have a greater sense of well-being and control over our lives as mothers. We really do generate our experiences by our thoughts. And that's what I'm always trying to teach here and with everything I do. So let's get into what I wanted to talk about today. Today, I'm going to talk about six lessons learned from raising six kids. And this is kind of a takeoff of a blog post I wrote when I woke up the morning of my youngest child's 18th birthday. And my first thought when I opened my eyes was, I have no more minor children, which of course was kind of mind-blowing after 30 years of raising kids. And 
my second thought was, oh my goodness, now I never have to worry about who will be their guardian. My husband, Mark, and I both were to die. And that was like kind of a huge relief to me because that was something I always, always worried about, as I'm sure you do too, when you just let your thoughts go there. And what if something happened to both of us? And, you know, we have the life insurance in place and all of that, but it's just so hard to think about who would raise your kids if you weren't there to do it. So I encourage everyone to get as prepared as you can for that and then not worry about it because the majority of the time, you know, both husband and wife aren't going to be gone. So that's just my way of pointing out that a lot of times things we worry about never happen and worrying doesn't really help, but planning for those kind of situations that could happen is the best way to, you know, kind of solve for that worry. There's a saying that action reduces anxiety. And I think that's really true when you do the best you can, and then you just trust life and kind of let Jesus take the wheel. So to give you a little background that I haven't really talked about before on the podcast, I was the youngest of two children. I was raised by a single mom, and I didn't really have any cousins around me. I never babysat. I really didn't have any exposure to kids. But when I got older, I knew I wanted to get married and have a big family and be a stay-at-home mom. I had no idea how to go about that or what that would entail. So I had a lot to learn, which I was willing to learn. And I really did my best to learn all I could about parenting and everything. But then I had my first baby and learned my first lesson that I want to talk about today. And the first lesson that I learned is that God is never more than a prayer away. Now, if you're not a praying person, just hear me out and I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, even if you're not a praying person, there really is a mother's intuition. And when we're asking ourselves, what is best for my child and how can I handle this? That intuition really just comes. And for me, how I learned this lesson right off the bat was my first few days of motherhood. When they put my baby in my arms, I fell in love with him immediately. Like they kind of like eventually pried him out of my arms to put him down and let me get some sleep. But I was just so smitten with him. Like I know sometimes the bonding take a while, but it did not for me. It was like instant. And so I love, I fell in love with him, but then I started trying to nurse. And I know they say you have colostrum and things the first few days. And even though it seems like they're not getting much, they're fine. But I swear I never had that. And so my baby after about three days of this was screaming and I was reading parenting books that were like, don't give them a bottle and try to nurse. You'll ruin everything. And so I believed that. And so I was trying not to give him a bottle, but meanwhile, he's crying all the time. And anyway, I just started praying like crazy. And next thing I know, my mom and my sister show up on my door and I just broke down in tears. I was so grateful to see them there. And my sister still laughs about this, this day because she didn't have any kids at that moment. So I totally caught her off guard by doing that. And she just still thinks it's funny, but, and it was kind of funny, but it was also really an answer to my prayer to know that I would have that help to be there the next few days. And then the next day, my milk did come in and my baby slept for like seven hours super contentedly. And then it was still very much a learning process to learn how to nurse, even with all my kids. You know, it's a little different every time. And who knew that your milk goes through phases and things happen 
Anyway, I'm not going to get too far into the weeds of nursing, but there's just so many experiences that you encounter in parenting that are kind of like that, where there's just a learning curve, you're, you're in new territory for you. And I just always turn to prayer and trust my instincts. Someone, another friend of mine that was a young mom at the same time said, you know, I really believe that if something is wrong, you'll know. Like if you think it's something's wrong, it probably is. If you're having that nudge to take them to the doctor or even with an old, you know, an older kid, maybe you're just feeling your little, I call them spidey senses, tingling and just something's telling you that something's going on with them. Just pay attention to that. And and then I found that answers and direction came in so many ways and comfort. And sometimes it was just like hearing a song on the radio. I wonder how many of you have had that experience where just a random song that came on kind of spoke to you and brought some peace of mind. Now we have podcasts, you know, audiobooks and so many resources to learn from. So I just want to say that I really know that like you are the one on this earth tasked with being the mother to those kids and kind of a mindset piece of this is believing I'm the mom for these kids I know what's best for them I'm the expert and trusting yourself with that even when parenting books are telling you like don't give them a bottle and try to nurse because it won't work out like I know now it can work out just fine but Anyway, that was kind of my first lesson that was a very valuable lesson to me that I've taken through all these years, no matter how old my kids have gotten. And in fact, nowadays, I have a system of praying for my kids because there are six of them. I start with one on Monday and, you know, work my way through the week from oldest to youngest. And where I got that idea was actually from this older guy that's in his 80s. He is often on the same hike that me and my husband like to go on. So it's really hard hike up a mountain and he does it every day. We do it like once a week at best. I'd love to go more, but don't have the time, but he's out there every day. So we got to know him when we became regulars on this hike and he he has actually 12 children. And so he told us one time that he prays for each of them in turn as he goes up the switchbacks, which there's, I think, 14 to the top. So he has a couple extras if he needs long prayers for anyone. But um, I was like, what a good idea. And so I kind of made that practice so that I wasn't trying to think about every kid every day. So again, even if you're not necessarily praying, but maybe setting aside time so that you can focus on a certain kid on a certain day of the week or a certain time because it can honestly be kind of a lot to be thinking, if you have multiple children, to be thinking about all of them every day. <laughs> and of course, you know, we take care of them as needed. And, and you know, I pray for all of them whenever I think they need it, but especially on their day. And when I pray, or if you're just thinking about your kids, I recommend Asking yourself questions like, what kind of mom do I want to be to this kid that's going through this phase of life? How can I support them and encourage them and show up as the best version of my mom self for this child? What do they need from me? It's Again, it goes back to, you are your kid's only mom. And if you 
can really pray for them, think about them as individuals and and have confidence in yourself in that role, you can become just such an incredible influence in their lives. Which brings me to my second point, which is to always strive to maintain a relationship and connection with your child. In my blog posts, I said at all costs, and for the most part, I do believe that. But, you know, there may be appropriate times for setting boundaries in a relationship. If you feel like you're picking up the pieces all too often and maybe you want to set some boundaries on that relationship and just kind of be intentional about which pieces you're picking up, that's a different thing. But in general, I'm saying that as long as you can maintain a relationship with your child, you always have the opportunity to influence them. If we let that relationship um, slip away or become distant, then we lose that opportunity to influence them. Kind of along the lines of what I was saying before, I truly believe that a mother's love and influence is pretty much the strongest force on earth along with, along with a father's love and influence. So even if your kids aren't listening when they're young or they're disconnecting as they get older, they're not following the things that you've taught them or they're rebellious or kind of lost. There are always ways that we can maintain a relationship and connection with them. And a great way to do that is just to look for some common ground that you share with them, whether it's movies that you both enjoy or books or concerts, plays, activities, you know, outdoor sports, hiking, swimming, boating, fishing, you know, anything that you can think of. I have one daughter that loves makeup, so we like to bond over makeup, and another daughter that shares my love of HGTV, so we're always finding new shows to talk about and introduce each other to. And I know it can be hard at times when a relationship just isn't clicking, whether it's a younger child and you're just kind of constantly feeling frustrated and overwhelmed in that relationship, or an older child that's sort of spreading their wings and flying and you're not too sure how things are going to turn out with the direction that they're going, or you're just really sincerely worried about them, that is a great opportunity to ask yourself, how can I connect? How can I find a way to spend time with them, to draw them near me instead of like pushing them away, maybe to bad influences that you don't necessarily think you want them spending time with? Then finding a way to spend time with them where it's not lecture time or anything confrontational is just a great thing to focus on. That can be going to a movie where you don't have to talk at all. Or with my little kids, when they were acting up, I always found it was great to just cuddle up with them and read a book. That seems to calm kids down in a way that, you know, I haven't found too many other things that do that. Sometimes it could be cooking together, just enjoying time together. And, you know, our kids, if they get the sense that the minute they step out of line or stop living life by our rules or they disobey or make a mistake or whatever, that we're going to withdraw our love, then they learn that love is conditional. And, you know, sometimes it feels like it is, but what we're 
want to strive for with our kids ideally is to love them unconditionally because nothing feels better than being loved and accepted for who you are and where you are. One of the best ways that I've found to um, help myself get into a good place when maybe there's a problem in a relationship, I'm worried or I'm upset, I ask myself the question, what would love do? And I try to think love is patient, love is kind, you know, what what would that look like right now? And that helps me to get into a calm place where I can problem solve because a lot of times we are in a place of fear, especially when it comes to our kids and maybe some choices that they're making. And we could get really fearful and scared for the future. We can get angry. Any of those kinds of emotions, we don't want to parent from those emotions. That's never going to be our best parenting. Instead, we can try to choose and love and understand our kids no matter what. Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So it's great, again, when a relationship maybe is struggling or you're having a moment where you're really needing to correct your kids to try and understand first what's going on. And this can be super hard because we want to, we feel like we know what's right for them and we want to make sure they know that we know what's right. But sometimes we've just got to take a step back and, and give it a little time and kind of hold space for what they're going through. I heard this sweet thought from my father-in-law. He's in, um, like, rehabilitating from some injuries right now and one of the grandkids went to visit him in the care center and they said grandpa what's your best advice on how to raise my kids and they he said just love them no matter what they do just love them and set a silent example for them now i'm totally with him on the just love them but the other part i agree it Example is amazing, but also I believe in very good communication. And I'm not going to get into that today, but trying to find a way to clearly communicate in love is one of the best things that we can do for our kids and for our relationship to teach them conflict resolution and saying I'm sorry and starting over and those kind of things are an incredible way to build our relationships with them. So in addition to building our relationships with our kids, another thing I learned is that it's so valuable and so important to build relationships within the family, especially among siblings. As my husband and I got older, it just seemed to be that we spent more and more of like our social time just with my husband's siblings. And we were lucky. He has a big family that lives close by most of them. And so you know, holidays and all those things. It was just like family time. And so we'd say to our kids, do you see who we're best friends with now, now that we're grown? And we would always encourage them to play with their siblings, to include their siblings when, you know, a friend came over to play. In fact, we made that kind of a rule around our house that like everyone is included. And I know it can be annoying to have your two-year-old little brother like messing up what you're trying to do. But, you know, I do my best to, like, give them time and space to be with their friends, but also let them know that in this house, you know, we we treat our siblings kindly even when friends come over to play and we don't close doors and shut people out and that kind of thing. And 
I'm not sure exactly what we did right, but now that they're grown up, they're such good friends. And we have this family chat on Facebook that just goes on and on all the time for the littlest things like some funny Harry Potter meme or something that happened in college for the younger kids or something. And it's just the most heartwarming thing. And it's so wonderful when your kids grow up and you've developed those relationships and they're good friends with each other and good friends with you. And it doesn't always work out that way. You know, people have different personalities, there's conflicts, but as parents, the best thing we can do is do our best to try and nurture those family relationships and try to help everyone feel loved and accepted in our family. The next lesson I want to impart to you is to expect the unexpected. And I want to add to that, expect the expected, but I'll get to that in a second. So when you are raising a family and you are doing your best to teach them, like we've already been talking about, and to nurture relationships and to share your values with them and raise them a certain way, and then they just don't do the things necessarily that you've taught them. Sometimes you'll get a call from the school principal that they got in trouble in a way that you never expected, or maybe it's even something really heart-wrenching and it just breaks your heart. And you're just like, I did not expect this from this kid. But just, just expect that there will be moments like that. And it's totally understandable because we are all, every single one of us on this earth is in a process of growth. And in that process, we're going to make mistakes and bad choices. And we're even going to repeat those until, you know, we maybe learn our lessons. And that is how life works. There's a saying that says, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. So I hope you caught that. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of a brain twister, but it's really true. Like we just all have to learn through our own mistakes bad choices, experiences, and all of that. And and through that, there's going to become very unexpected things that come up. And that is when we get an opportunity to teach our kids how to come back from bad choices. And we get to teach them how to apologize, forgive, try to make things right. And sometimes that is a long process that is very difficult. But if we can prepare as parents and not freak out to the greatest extent possible when things worry us, get us upset, get us angry with our kids, and just be there to work through those things, that is a great opportunity to teach our kids. And when I said expect the expected, now, there are so many things that come up with kids that get us frustrated and push our buttons that are just normal kid things. They push, they bite, they don't always get good grades, they don't always act nice, they might not ever want to practice or do their jobs or even things that are much more significant. And we just need to expect that. Like, no one is on track all the time, including us. So we need to give ourselves and them a lot of grace and just be like, this is normal. This is a normal stage of development for kids this age. And it can really help to understand what normal stages of development are. Like as kids grow, there are predictable changes that happen. And even as 
adults or such a thing as adult development. And so people are always changing throughout their life. And it really helps if we understand that, especially as they grow into older teens and then launch into life. We can expect that there's going to be some bumpy roads ahead. And and that process, like I was saying, of spreading their wings and growing and making their own choices and decisions is vitally important for them to be able to function in the world. And we don't need to make it mean anything about us as parents if it seems like they're off track when we know we've done our best to teach them. I can honestly say from my parenting experience, some of my biggest regrets have been times that me and my husband came down too hard on our kids for making normal you know, mistakes and, and bad choices and things that everybody does. And just taking time to collect yourself, a lot of problems don't need to be solved in the moment. So we can take some time to think it through, maybe again, try to understand what is going on for them before we decide if consequences are appropriate or what we need to do. So along those lines, my next lesson learned is a principle that is talked about over and over in our church. And the way that we say it is teach them correct principles and let them govern themselves. And this is so important. Again, our role as parents is to teach. It's not to control. It's not to own our kids. We have a stewardship for our kids, but we ultimately do not have control over their choices. And would we really want to do that anyway? We need to let them learn, make choices, see how things turn out, allow natural consequences to, to teach in many instances, and to let them own their decisions. We really can't and probably wouldn't want to try and control another person's life. So we can tell them, if you do this, the consequence will be this, and have those conversations in advance as much as possible. But getting back to what I said before, there's going to be times when, a lot of times, in fact, when things come up that we don't expect and we hadn't told them, if you did this crazy thing, I will, you know, these will be the consequences for you. We can make requests and we can do our best. But the most important thing is that we're teaching them all through the time that they're in our home and beyond teaching them through our words, our example, and just telling them the things they need to know, like teaching them to be honest, teaching them to work hard, teaching them the principles of faith that we believe in, and all kinds of things. We teach them money management. We teach them time management. We teach them how to follow through and complete assignments, so many things like that. And then as they grow and as it becomes age-appropriate, we let them govern themselves. So that is just such a valuable principle to keep coming back to. Teach them correct principles and let them govern themselves. And that ties very nicely into my last lesson, which is to always try to look for the good and emphasize the positive. Now, as our kids grow, we will do super well if we look for every opportunity to praise their good efforts, no matter how small we catch them doing good, we can really help reinforce the positive behaviors and the behaviors that we know will serve them. From the littlest things like, you know, putting away the silverware in the drawer to 
you know, being kind and friendly to much bigger things as they grow. And we want to be intentionally looking for those because the naughty things they do and the times that they're out of line and defiant even and rebellious, those things get our attention in a hurry and they feel like an emergency that we need to like clamp down on this kid before they get too out of line. And that it is important to, you know, give appropriate consequences wherever, you know, we we need to, but really no form of discipline, no matter how good it is, will ever do as much for our kids as our praise and our love and our our positive reinforcement and our encouragement. Those are the things that everybody on this earth needs. Again, to know that they're loved and accepted for who they are, exactly where they are right now. And just every time we can catch them doing good, that will, you know, put a deposit in the emotional bank account for them. We all just really need space to grow and encouragement and support wherever possible. So if all of this or any of this makes you feel bad, like you haven't done some things right, haven't done them well, haven't done them consistently, I just want you to know that you will always be your child's parent and there's always an opportunity to do better. It's never too early and it's never too late to become more of the parent that you want to be. And, you know, we are probably 20, 30 years older than our kids. And so if we can take the lead in relationships whenever possible and show them how we would want them to be, if we can be the one that reaches out, that lifts up, that supports, that's patient, then we can be a fabulous example to our kids and really strengthen relationships and strengthen their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. So I hope those lessons were helpful for you. Of course, there were lots more that I learned, but those were just six that came to mind um, as I thought about having raised all these kids and I'm still their parent, just as you will always be your kids parent and what a what a joy and what an honor that is to be moms. I know for a lot of us that is our dream come true. Like our little girl dream was was being the mom of some kids, <laughs> maybe a kid or many kids and and so just to remember that we're living that dream and a lot of times it is going to be hard and challenging, but what what thing on earth that's worthwhile is not full of challenges and opportunities to solve problems. Another day, I'm definitely doing a podcast on getting really good at solving problems because life is full of them. So along with that, um, I talked in the beginning about going to my website, mom-mindset.com. There's also opportunities to get coached there and podcast listeners can get two coaching sessions for the price of one. So you can check out how to do that in the show notes. And For coaching, it's just really a place to come and sort out your thoughts about things that might be going on in your individual personal circumstances, in your family life, in your marriage. And it is amazing how much progress you can make just in one coaching session. And 
I myself, even knowing all the coaching tools that I know and how to sort out my own thinking, I get coached all the time and it always helps me have breakthroughs and helps me to feel more calm and peaceful and in control of my emotional life and, you know, things within my family and things that I'm working on personally. So I highly recommend it. And you can just sign up for a coaching session here and there as you need them, just like you might do with counseling. So that's all I've got for you this week. Next week, I will be out of town. So it may be another week before I get my next podcast out, but I will be back again as soon as possible. Enjoy your week, Mama, and hang in there. You are doing an amazing job. Hey, Mama, thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoy the ideas I share on my podcast, but you want some help applying them to your personal situation, I want to invite you to learn more about my coaching program, where I talk to moms on a personal basis through one-on-one coaching and group calls. We can talk about anything from the personal challenges that you're experiencing in marriage or motherhood to the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. To find out more and download a copy of my free book, Mom Mindset A to Z, visit mom-mindset.com.